Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Sienna Jekyll. And I'm Liana Holston. And welcome to Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, the slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition. This podcast is a safe space for people who don't know anything about movies. Hello, welcome. Today, we're watching The Graduate. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just a little worried about my future. Number 17 on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this horny film <laughs> really early on. If you like this podcast, please, please rate it five stars in the Apple Podcasts app and write a nice little comment there as well. It makes such a difference. We really appreciate it. Also, we are all over social media at Tossed Popcorn. We've got Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clash, if you can believe it. So please give us a follow. We love, love, love hearing from you. Trigger warning for sexual assault and coercion. How are you feeling, Liana? Sienna, let's dive right into our predictions because... (laughs) Okay, I want to do you first. I wish somebody would. (laughs) Bonsoir, Sienna. It is Liana. I am about to watch... The Graduate, starring Dustin Hoffman and, based off the poster, one leg of a woman. I have not seen this movie before. I know there's a line from it that's like, I think you're trying to seduce me, Mrs. Robinson? Robertson? Okay. Good. And I have a feeling that I might hate this movie because I think it's going to have a very horny energy, and I honestly cannot handle more of that in my life right now. 
Love you. Bye. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's so sad to say before going into this film. Sometimes the things that you comment on the anecdote or thing I've just said to you are so real. <laughs> That's the most embarrassing thing I've ever heard. Wow, that's so sad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sienna, let's hear your prediction. Okay. Oh, hey, Liana, is that you? Hey. <laughs> What's up? What? I'm about to watch The Graduate right now. <laughs> I've seen this film, and believe oh. it or not, I actually remember quite a bit. Whoa. I believe oh. that a hot man mm. by the name of Dustin Hoffman mm-hmm. is going to graduate from college and find himself aimless. Yeah. And fall in love with a woman named Elaine... And then have an affair with her mom. No. Cuckoo Kachoo, Mrs. Whoa. Robinson. Whoa. Somehow he's going to end up at the door of Elaine's wedding, crying, <laughs> Elaine! <laughs> and then they're going to drive away in a car, no. looking not as pleased as they thought they would. Yeah. Let's do this, baby. Oh, Sienna. You hear me come in so confidently to that prediction? I was full wrong about parts of it. Yeah. And then also, I was so into Dustin Hoffman at the time, and because I last saw this in high school. Oh. And in fact, I felt very different about this film in high school, mm-hmm. of course, than I do now as a college graduate and as a woman with different taste. That's beautiful. That demonstrates so much growth on your part. I'm yeah. really glad to hear that. Your prediction was kind of a summary of the film, but would you care to give us one overall? I would love to. The Graduate. Aimless after graduating college. Sweaty. sweaty young ben (laughs) avoids thinking about his future by drinking beer Mm -hmm. and hooking up with the neighborhood milf mrs robinson Mm. their affair starts off really not okay but he seems legitimately into it the second time ben betrays mrs robinson by asking out her college-age daughter elaine who he really likes despite starting off their date being really not okay to her Mm. but she seems legitimately into it the second time (laughs) Eventually, Ben tries to marry Elaine and goes and lives near her school, and she's not into that. But eventually, she seems pretty into it the fourth or fifth time. (laughs) And she ends up leaving her wedding with him. Yes. The end. Yeah. If that felt like a little problematic, well, well, the movie's a little problematic. That's right. (laughs) The characters were okay with everything because that's how it was directed. Mm -hmm. There's some shady moments. Sienna? Uh Would you care to hear some historical context about the film The Graduate? I would be honored. Okay. The Graduate came out in 1967, and here's a lot of history that was also going on at that time. (gasps) Babes, the 1960s, famously a tumultuous decade. First up, the civil rights movement. Big, big decade for that. In 1961, the Freedom Riders protested segregation on buses throughout the American South. In August of 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. gave his I Have a Dream speech during the March on Washington. In July of 1964, the Civil Rights Act was passed. In March of 1965, the Selma to Montgomery March occurred. In August of 1965, the Voting Rights Act was passed. In October of 1966, the Black Panther Party was founded. Those are just a few overarching timeline bullet points from the Civil Rights Movement. Also going on at that time... The Vietnam War. Oh. In 1950, the U.S. stepped up its military assistance to France against the Viet Minh. France had colonized Vietnam and was occupying it for like, oh, I think over a century, but I can't remember how century. In July of 1954, the Geneva Accords established North and South Vietnam with the 17th parallel as the dividing border. 
In July of 1959, the first U.S. soldiers were killed in South Vietnam. In January of 1962, Operation Ranch Hand began, which was when U.S. aircraft started spraying Agent Orange, which was like one of the deeply fucked up parts of the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. It was meant to kill undergrowth and other growth in the Vietnam jungles so that they could better see the Viet Cong soldiers. Mm. In November of 1963, Kennedy was assassinated. In July of 1965, Lyndon B. Johnson increased the draft to up to 35,000 every month. A reminder, the Vietnam War had the draft as part of it. So it was a very, very scary time for men in their 20s. By 1966, the number of U.S. troops in Vietnam was up to 400,000. By 1967, the year the graduate came out, the number of U.S. troops in Vietnam was up to 500,000. In April of 1967, there were huge anti-war protests in D.C., New York City, and San Francisco. And in that same month, Martin Luther King Jr. publicized that he was against the Vietnam War, which a lot of people felt was a huge win for the anti-war movement. In June of 1967, Lyndon B. Johnson signs a revamped Military Selective Service Act, which said that any able-bodied male in his 20s not enrolled in college was eligible for the draft and deferment for graduate students would come to an end. The film, The Graduate, was actually screened on college campuses and student activists frequently asked, why isn't this about Vietnam? I was going to say, wait, yeah, how does this fit in? It's crazy because a lot of it takes place at Berkeley, which was a huge site of like anti-war protests and like student activism. And you don't see any of that in the movie at all. Some people think that this is because the film's director, Mike Nichols, was 36 when he directed it. So he didn't you know, get it in the way that people in their 20s did, where for people in their 20s, it quite literally was life or death at the time. That's so interesting. Some things about the movie itself. The Graduate, 1967, starring Dustin Hoffman and Anne Bancroft, queen, legend, icon, obsessed with her, was based off a 1963 novel by a boy named Charles Webb, who was 24 when he wrote it. Typically, 1967 is the summer referred to when people say the summer of love. Apt. Casting passed over Robert Redford for the lead role. Whoa. Because they didn't think that anyone would believe him to be sexually insecure. (laughs) Which I think is such a funny phrase. You know, in acting classes when they're like, here's sort of the roles I think you could play. Like, here's where I think you fall into character categories. (laughs) Sexually insecure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Dustin Hoffman must have been like, uh, thanks. Thanks. Hoffman was 29 when he was cast in this movie. (laughs) He's a 29-year-old. Um, Mm -hmm. This is funny. Steven Soderbergh, who's a director now, said that the choice to cast Hoffman was, quote, the seminal event in the defining of motion picture leading men in the last 50 years. What? Which I assume just means short. (laughs) It definitely does. They just cast short boys. The short whites. A little bit about the soundtrack, (laughs) a.k.a. three songs. (laughs) Simon Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel, quote unquote, wrote the soundtrack. (laughs) They originally signed on to write three songs for the film, like three original songs for the film, but they were too busy. And so they only got around to writing one original song. So the only original one of theirs in the film is Mrs. Robinson, which was originally Mrs. Roosevelt, but they changed it for the movie. The other two songs that are featured in the soundtrack, Sound of Silence and Scarborough Fair, both by Simon and Garfunkel, already existed. They were pre-existing songs, and they originally were inserted as placeholders in the film, and then they just left them. That's This is all just very relatable sort of (laughs) content creating. (laughs) That's so funny because I heard those songs and was like, oh my gosh, wait, 
Sound of Silence is from this movie? Like, that's crazy. Me too. <laughs> I was vibing to Scarborough Fair because oh. I love herbs and I also love a sense of renaissance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's perfect for you. Um, there, it was only three songs. They commissioned them for three songs, but they were like, oh my God, we're so busy. Like, we just can't do it. Like, we have this one. It's called Mrs. Roosevelt. It's like not really for the movie. And they were like, okay, yes, it is. And we're changing the name of it. <gasps> that actually is making so much sense because... All the times that I've listened to that song, knowing it's in this movie, I'm like, eh, what, what's this about Jesus? <laughs> okay. You know, it all it almost always happens in the historical context section. There's going to be a couple of bummer facts. Dustin Hoffman has been accused of sexual harassment and assault by multiple women. <sighs> a lot of these accusations came out in 2017 when the Me Too movement was really taking off and people were really starting to come forward and feel empowered to share their experiences and their trauma. But these accounts date back to like pre-1980s. So so sad. It's been going on. Also, Anne Bancroft, who plays Mrs. Robinson, mm -hmm. Dustin Hoffman was 29 at time of filming. Anne Bancroft was 35. Oh. Wait, what? I know! Wait, what? Isn't that insane? That's absolutely boinko. It is unconscionable. Literally in the movie, he's like, you're twice my age. She was six years older than him. Was she just like really tan? Like, what did they do to make her look? I, I think she was tan. And then I think they did the thing that they did on Outlander, where they just give her like sort of a gray highlight, like one gray stripe mm -hmm. in the hair. And we're like, yeah, I mean, she's an ancient woman. It's just so funny when this is such an iconic MILF role. Yeah. And also his is such an iconic college age role. Yeah. And they were both it's such so weird dumb. ages. They were like contemporaries. Ugh. Thus concludes my historical context on The Graduate. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was very, very interesting. Thanks. And let's dive right into our phone notes. We watch the movie separately and we take notes on our phones of what we thought about the movie so we can gossip the heck out of it for the pod. Okay, I was so happy to start with Simon and Garfunkel vibes. Mm. Big fan. How triggered were you about this whole just graduating <laughs> stress? So I was completely wrong about what I thought this film was going to be. And it's very funny that I didn't say actually any of what I thought it was going to be in my prediction. Mm -hmm. Which is, I thought this was a movie about a professor seducing her student. Oh. So I thought Mrs. Robinson was like Professor Robinson. My immediate impression of him like landing on a plane returning home from college was they were going to do a, a flashback movie and he oh. was like heartbroken because he'd fallen in love with his professor but it hadn't ended well or he had to graduate and leave and I was like yes yes I'm ready I feel like you didn't do your prediction about that because you were so certain that's what it was <laughs> it really was and in your defense that makes more sense than the relationship <laughs> being she's a woman who steals him from his own party it's crazy <laughs> It does make it more taboo as well of she's somebody who's known him since like his birth. Mm -hmm. That's personally, I cannot imagine oh, knowing yeah. somebody as a child and then later being like, let's bone. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Robinson, in some ways, queen, in some ways, ah. uh, mm -mm. Mm. she's not OK. No, 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 no. He lands back home. He says graduation party. First of all, nobody young around. Mm -mm. All his parents. Well spotted. I didn't notice that until I was reading about the movie today. The first crazy thing that I didn't remember, mm. what I didn't remember was the chaos and how nice and funny it was in a lot of places. It's funny. Yeah. This movie is funny. <laughs> I was really confused. I liked the movie. I liked I this movie. <laughs> I liked The Graduate. I laughed aloud like multiple times. I was Me like, too. what is happening? But 
the way that he gets to his affair, the way that it starts. <laughs> uh, it's not hot. He's at his own graduation party being sweaty and stressed. <laughs> Lots of adults around all being like, hey, what are you going to do with your life? He does say the iconic line. I'm just uh, sort of disturbed about things. <laughs> He's a huge mood throughout he, this film. He has an enormous mood. Maybe for the first like two thirds of the film, I'll say. Yeah, I agree with that. Here's an ad for your ears now. We are taking an ad break right now. We'll be right back. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Mrs. Robinson. Finds Ben when he is off she resting. She does the classic, oh, this isn't the bathroom. The craziest thing is that she goes, all right, I need you to drive me home. And he's like, well, I guess I have to do that for my own party. And then she throws his car keys in a fish tank. That was pretty rude. I just really was so confused. Yeah. But she was so powerful that I was like, yeah, I guess. I know. For the first bit, I was like, okay, icon. Mm -hmm. Okay, queen. Her mm -hmm. dress looked amazing. Oh, her hair God. was unreal. Yes. Okay, so she makes him drive her home, and then she's like, Benjamin, come inside. Like, I don't feel comfortable going in with the lights off alone. And he's like, oh, all right. <laughs> he goes in. And then she somehow gets him to have a drink. And the thing is, when you explain it, she, like, plies him with alcohol. Mm -hmm. Makes him, like, walk her into her home, makes him go upstairs, makes him undress her. Yeah. It's really, really uncomfortable. But it plays comedically. Mm. And I wonder, too, if that's sort of because the power dynamic, particularly in that decade, I mean, still to this day, but especially back then, between men and women was so different that 
people just perceived it as funny and not as like threatening or that he was in any sort of non-consensual spot. Totally. I do think they just thought of it a lot differently. Yeah. (laughs) Which is why in the summary, it feels weird to say he didn't like it, but now he's okay with it. But that's literally what happens. It's written in because in this universe, they're like, yeah, I'm fine now. (laughs) Yeah. But no, no, it's like, it's very illegal what she does. (laughs) The moment when she runs into the room naked was actually... I didn't like it all. I hated it. I also hated it from a directorial point because it was just doing like strobe flashes of unnecessary boob. I got frustrated because I was like, they didn't need to. We get that she's naked from these like over the shoulder shots. And I was excited that we weren't seeing anything unnecessary. And then they did a strobe of like one tit. And I was yeah. like, come on. I yeah. will say. She runs into the room naked. She closes and locks the door. And Dustin Hoffman sees her and he goes, oh God, let me out. If a man ever sees me naked and then says, oh God, let me out. I am retiring. (laughs) I am moving to a cave in England and never speaking to anyone again. Because, oh my God, that's such a vulnerable state to be in. And then for them to immediately be like, I have to exunt. I feel trapped and unsafe and bad. Instead of like, yeah, baby. Cowabunga. (laughs) Yeah, wait, what's your like... You run into a room naked. Yeah. What's your ideal phrase that a man replies with? Okay, to a consenting man who... Yeah, somehow you surprise a man by running into a room naked and locking the door, but he's okay with it. (laughs) What's your ideal phrase that he replies with? Mm. That's the best! (laughs) (laughs) Mine is weirder. Okay, what's yours? I think I sort of want him to like tear up and be like you know in films when a man takes a woman to like a cello concert and she starts like crying and glowing in the audience and he just watches her like take in the orchestra yeah that's what i want the man i want the man to be like the tearful woman at a cello concert Mm. when i run into a room naked (laughs) we should say like nothing actually happens between them after she traps him (laughs) while naked yeah i'm sorry it's still such a funny like, that's such a funny way to try to get one, like, to get a guy. Here, how about this? That's, like, sort of the one thing I haven't tried yet, so maybe. <laughs> Just pr- full full present. Yeah. I feel like as long as he wasn't already screaming to get out, you're good. Because it's like, listen, I tried it. I just, now I'm on the same page. I'll, I'll leave. All right. Okay. One tip really quick. No? All right. Strobe tip. Strobe tip? <laughs> Other one? And then I hit him with the strobe tip. <laughs> Okay. His parents make me laugh so much. This movie is a comedy for the first part of it because... It is a comedy. He's such a mood. He's such a stressed out little boy. Yeah, he is. And his parents are like, welcome to another party we're throwing for our son where we're going to make him demonstrate the gift we got for him. And Dustin is like behind a door the whole time. He has like a Gen Z energy. Yeah. He's like, can we please just like talk about this? Like, I really, I don't want to do this. The reveal is that he's in a full scuba suit standing in the kitchen just like unenthused and then he has to perform like a swim in front of his parents friends in front of all these adults what is that shall we move on to when they go to the hotel (laughs) this was the best part of the movie hands down to me i mean yeah this was a real mood yes of a scene as you were saying this is where the horny energy sort of kicked in where you're like oh i get it he's really horny He's been thinking about Mrs. Robinson for months now because she truly propositions him at the beginning. She's like, I'm available to you. Both tits out. He calls her up one night. He's like, hello, Mrs. Robinson. She's like, Benjamin, where are you? Because <laughs> she knows. This is also, this scene is so pure energy of 
beta males cannot get anything done without a powerful woman telling them exactly what to do. She's like, Benjamin, get a room. I'll be there in, what, an hour? And he doesn't do it? He doesn't do it! She shows up. She's like, did you get the room? He's like, no. She's like, okay, what were you doing this whole time? I resonated with her so much. I definitely resonated with him. <laughs> well, now we have an insight into what these guys are doing when you get there and you're like, why didn't you do the thing that was the one thing we discussed? He's like, listen, I walked into someone else's party. Mm. I met everybody. I left because <laughs> I wasn't invited. I told a man about a toothbrush for too long. I think I really nailed it on that one. But yeah. oh my god. then I tried to order a drink for a while. I sweat. I, I was sweating. I was sweating quite a bit. <laughs> standing near things. It was at that point that I was like, why does Mrs. Robinson want to bone this guy? And then we later see his body like in the pool. And I was like, oh, right. Right. She's there for the hot idiot portion. She is for not sure. interested in talking. Well, also when he calls her from the phone booth and is like, Mrs. Robinson, Psst, Mrs. Robinson, I have a room. Let's go at separate times so that nobody's <laughs> suspicious. She's like smiling. You know, she's like, oh, what a cutie. Oh, interesting. She gets to be with someone very inexperienced. Oh, I guess I didn't pick up on that. I also laughed so much when he actually had a toothbrush. I know. I did think that was very, very funny because he talks to the bellhop or the concierge. He's like, oh, I, I only have a toothbrush in the car. And you're like, oh, he he's lying about luggage to bring in because he doesn't want anybody to like go up to the room with him. And then he goes up and he actually has a toothbrush and brushes his teeth. Also, the little noise that he makes before <gasps> she comes in. Do you remember that? He makes that noise actually several times. Really? That was the only time I heard it. It was so, so that part I was like, yes. Because I have, I remember once, I truly cannot give too many details about this, but I was going to spend time with a tall man who I had not spent a lot of time with before. Mm -hmm. And if you can believe it, listener, that does not narrow down <laughs> the list. But I was going and suddenly my mouth was so dry. My mouth had never been drier. It was like the desert in there. It was like a Lawrence of Arabia film <laughs> being performed in my mouth. Water! And just that little noise came out of me. Oh, yeah. You've really been there. I've really been there. That was kind of his catchphrase, honestly. Which is why it's a fun movie. Also, okay, Mrs. Robinson, girl, can you imagine being this like hot woman in oh. your, I don't know what age she's supposed to be since the actress is 35, but oh. presumably 50s, Yeah, hooking up with a 21-year-old guy? They're not hot. They're a mess. In, intellectually. Ah, that is not a hot time. I guess that's why she sets such clear boundaries of like, don't talk to like, shut, shut up. Just shut up. I'm here for your body. Not anything, any other part of you. The rest of you sucks. And that I really did respect her for. The way she just like found a hot bod and was right. like, okay, we are going to bone, you know, once a week or once every evening at the Taft Hotel. That was admirable on her part. Should we talk about his date with Elaine? Yes, we should talk about his date with Elaine, Mrs. Robinson's daughter. This is where the movie starts to fall apart. This is just, it becomes such a mess at mm -hmm. this point. And not in a fun way of like, oh, how fun to see all these characters embroiled in this. It's like, wait a second. Once Elaine enters, I, I just hated their relationship so much yeah. that there was something to really hate in this film. Where before that, after the first weird scene, mm -hmm. it was a fun time. Yeah. It then, sort of follows a 2001 A Space Odyssey trajectory of like, the beginning is stupid, and you're like, whoa, hang on. And then the middle yeah. is good and interesting, and then like, the ending is like, wait, what the fuck? Right. You're like, stay here, stay here. <laughs> this was good. I was intrigued. <laughs> exactly. And then it gets biffed. This movie is just a parade of harassment. Oh. 
Everybody along the way, when you're trying to put into words what's problematic, it's just that everybody harasses everyone. That's the only way that they interact with their fellow man. Yeah. It's a lot of people doing stuff they don't really want to do. Yeah. Yeah. She harasses him and then his parents harass him to ask Elaine out and then he harasses Elaine mm-hmm. and then harasses her more. And, you know, it's just <sighs> I have a lot to say about this first date, but I want to hear what you thought about it, too. You can kick it off. OK, this is the point in the film where I started hating his character. I was like, wait, this is just a bad dude. Hang on. Oh, I, wait. Whoa. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. We haven't had a chance to see him interact with anybody his age or interact with other people. Yeah. So he takes Elaine on a date. At the start of it, you're like, oh, I get it. He's trying to like speed through it so he can just get her home and be like, I took her on a date. It wasn't good. I can keep boning her mom. But he takes her to, I guess, a strip club, a, like burlesque, a burlesque show. Club where Elaine, I'm sorry. It's like not funny, but it is. Elaine gets aggressed by a pair of tits. It's definitely funny. With nipple tassels on them. And it is. It's definitely very funny. Also, I had no memory of that. That's good. I'm glad you blacked that out because I wish I could. I also was conflicted because I'm like, we hate an unnecessary boob. Mm -hmm. But this is maybe the first boob that's been a plot device. Yes. Like it is. Okay. It is because this woman is literally swinging her boobs. She's doing this thing where the nipple tassels there, which are long, but I've never seen such long nipple tassels. Somehow she swings them in, in opposing circles from one another. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> you saw the film. <laughs> I guess I didn't pay attention to which way the circles were going. And I stand I by th- not doing that. I was thinking about it because I was like, could I do that? Like from literally a physics perspective, I think it's possible, but I'm not sure. I am. This is the most conflicting boob I've seen. It is this woman's job. A lot of unnecessary boob will be like someone just in their own home. You just yeah. happened to, you had to show that because you're feeling horny. This is like a club where people come. She's getting paid to do her craft. <laughs> At least she was supposed to be there showing her boobs. Right. It was like an on the clock boob. Yes. Yeah. I think what made me feel sad about it was that the boob was used to aggress another woman. I also really hated when he kind of like. That was not good. He kind of. Jumps at the the woman dancing. Yeah. He leaps at her and is like, stop. Which and is it was like, upsetting too, because like the way she reacts is like, you can just tell that like dancers really don't feel safe in that environment. Yeah. And like they have to be on their guard. And it was such a bummer reminder of that. Yeah. And having a guy like get up close to you angrily yeah. when you're that exposed yeah that did not also because elaine was crying like she was facing okay, yeah. away from the stage getting hit in, in the head by nipple tassels so that's the point is that he brings her here because he's like i'm bad dude so that she won't go out with me and i'm gonna bring her to a strip club and then this woman on stage is throwing her boobs around above elaine's head and elaine starts crying which i do think it was comedic mm. because it is a very funny sort of backdrop and then he's like Oh, I'm so attracted to her now that she's crying. Oh, I feel so bad and yeah, that so sweet now that she's crying. I guess that's what the turning point is for him. Oh, I need to take care of her. Ugh. No, no, it's super gross. Okay, and then it gets worse. This is the worst part is she runs out. He runs after her. You know, she's crying. She's like, this, this is so awful. He's like, I'm not usually a bad guy. And to get her to stop crying, he kisses her. That's when I fully was like, oh, we're done. Yeah, <laughs> I know. This is no longer I, a character I, I like. They go out for a while. Yeah. And he eventually decides he wants to marry this girl. They go on one date. One awful date, but then he kisses her and they go get hamburgers in a car. Also, think of how much that car was going to smell at the end of that date. From the burgers? A burger and fry. You don't like to eat burger and fry in your car. Well, I'm a vegetarian. Oh. I also don't eat in my car. You eat in your car? I think I ate in your car recently and I was like, <laughs> I wonder if she eats in her car. Oh, yeah. I remember you being like, can I eat in here? And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. He decides he's going to marry her. 
tells his parents his mom lets out a blood curdling scream. I wrote that down. Well, well. What's happening? Ben says that he and Elaine are getting married. That was freaking hilarious. That's the ways in which this movie is sometimes chaotic, where they just let somebody like just like scream at the top of their lungs. I also really don't think they made microphones suitable to like higher registers until maybe you know last year, and so of course they were like, "Wow, that woman sounds so shrill." It's like, yeah, because you didn't design the technology to pick up the sound Wait, in a way that doesn't sound like a banshee. Wait, you think she was actually just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> How wonderful! <laughs> Elaine! We need to take an ad break! Elaine! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Then he gets to Berkeley. He goes and kind of lightly stalks Mm -hmm. Elaine. Oh, we forgot to say. Elaine finds out. Oh, yeah. Okay, so at the end of their first date, she's like, are you having an affair with someone? And I was like, wait, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and then you got she's me. like, oh, it's okay. Is it over now? And he's like, yes. And then Mrs. Robinson appears in the, the next, rain. The next day, he goes to pick her up again. He'll pick up Elaine for a little drive in the biggest downpour in, I guess, Los Angeles history. <laughs> uh-huh. And Mrs. Robinson hops in the car. She's like, stop dating my daughter or I'm going to tell her everything. And he's like... Not if I tell her first. <laughs> and then he does his little track star run up to the house with his box of donuts that are absolutely ruined after that. And gets up to Elaine and is like, I have to tell you something. I banged your mom. Uh. So Elaine knows and then goes back to school and he 
yeah she's like she's like well i'm breaking up with you yeah this movie almost works and the way that it could have actually worked is as per always if they'd given the women a personality (laughs) mrs robinson you sort of see it where she's got a backstory and you see that she you know loved art and wanted to major in it but had to drop out because she got pregnant with elaine there's nothing elaine sucks there's absolutely nothing and the way that it could have worked is you know he has this affair with a married woman and then he meets her daughter and they actually over the course of many dates get to know each other and really fall in love for and sure like, I'm, I'm so conflicted i'm i actually am in, like in love with your daughter and i know i promised i wouldn't and then it starts to feel very like shakespearean tragedy ah but this was just Oh, I kissed a crying girl, and then we had a hamburger, and now I'm going to marry her. And she doesn't know that, but it's going to happen. Even when it's fun, it, all it is is chaos and harassment. That's yeah. all it is the whole chaos time. Chaos and harassment. Chaos Chaotic and harassment. harassment. Title of that? Who is letting people into his apartment in Berkeley? Because people keep just being there when he gets in. Wait, you're so right. <laughs> Who? What was that? I guess it must be the landlord who hates yeah. him. And, and he's like, yeah, fucking whatever. Like, Get up there. The landlord is like, I hate you. Yeah. I hate that you always have people over. It's like, well, stop letting them stop into letting my room. room. Okay. The best line in the movie, in my opinion, Ooh. is when Mr. Robinson, mm-hmm. who's been around. Yeah. He, who also is Ben's father's business partner. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't really, I guess. A big laugh out loud line for me. Mr. Robinson comes to Ben's apartment. So Ben gets there and Mr. Robinson is like, why are you doing this to me? Why do you have to bang every woman in my family? <laughs> <laughs> and Ben's like, I, I just had to. Like, I don't know. And as Mr. Robinson is leaving, he says, I think you are filth. I think you are scum. You are a degenerate. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. And he sort of trench coats away. I'm going to start saying that to people yeah. that I just wanted to stop talking to. Yeah. I gotta be honest, I think you were felt, I think you were scum. That's sort of the energy I give to men who message me on Hinge with a really boring first message. Yeah. I'm like, ugh. I think you were scum. <laughs> scum. <laughs> Wait, that's so true. Scum. I put them in the, if they give a bad response, yeah. after the first one, because that's when you know. Mm-hmm. I give them a chance. Oh, I don't. They should update the dating app swiping left to just, Scum. <laughs> If you made a dating app based off how people think about uh, like romantic interests in The Graduate, it's either like, scum, or maybe I'll marry you. <laughs> but I also told this other guy that I might marry him. So I don't, I just don't know. Like, we'll see. Oh my gosh. Also, at the, by the end of it, it's like, this movie is the opposite of women's rights. Like, it is just so, her parents make her marry this other dud of a man yeah. from her, from Elaine's college, who was in a fraternity with like a, three other identical blondes. Why does she have to get married when she's 20? She's in school. They're like, leave school, honey. Because it's the past. <sighs> but she's already, they're already investing. You know the joke about getting your MRS degree oh, in yeah. college? Oh, that was like a real thing. God, I forgot about, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so at the very end. He runs to Elaine's wedding where she's marrying this dud, mm-hmm. raps against the window and goes, which was freaking funny. He looked unhinged. He's keeping his body. Imagine a man holding his arms on either side of him. He's keeping his body completely straight. It's really just his wrists that are moving. Yeah. Going, bop, 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 bop. Elaine! There's also, Elaine! After that was just a huge fight. I loved it. It became a comedy once again. There yeah. was a brawl. That, uh, that is a fun way. It might as well go out on a bang. Yeah. And so to say, she goes ben! and decides to run away with him, even though she's already legally married based on the kiss. They are not 
out to of this man. the woods legally. Once Ap- again, we are coming up against it. We saw it in Singing in the Rain, and we're seeing it again. Contractually, she is not Absolutely unmarried. Not. And they hop onto a bus. He leaves his car. He has no oh, job. Yeah. They have no money. <laughs> what the fuck? What are they going to do? Yeah. And also, they locked the oh. church door with a cross. Mm-hmm. That was very funny. That was fun. The film does redeem itself a little. Not enough, because Ben's like fully does suck, but... That ending shot, which is very famous, you see the sort of thrill and excitement wash away and it just goes back to the uncertainty of being like 21 and having no idea what you're going to do. And that part, I do think it captured really well the post-grad energy. And I actually don't think that if I'd watched it before that like summer of terror after I graduated from college, I would resonate with it at all. But having lived through that, I was like, yeah. I 100% agree with that. The next segment is a little thing called Badges and Trages. This is where we tell you badges, things that we liked about the film, and trages, things that we found tragic and did not like. I got a badge for the woman who said proud seven times at his grad party. He gets swarmed by old women. And one woman's only line in the film is just to say, proud, 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 proud. And then she disappears. That is where they really do get the post-grad thing. Just mwah. A badge for a hair pull. When I learned something about myself... While watching this, I was like, oh, that did it for me. (laughs) This is when he makes a joke about asking out Elaine at Mrs. Robinson during that long scene where they're finally having their first and last conversation in bed. And she yanks his hair back. She's like, don't you ever go out with my daughter. And I was like, oh, a badge for a Mr. Robinson jump scare when he's in his apartment. (laughs) And Dustin walks up with like flowers and a box. And he's like, whoa, (laughs) Mr. Robinson was a freaking weirdo. You know, I loved it. And finally... I got a badge for somebody getting slapped with the cross. Oh, that was funny. That was really funny. It was so good. During the wedding brawl, they take the cross and before they barricade the door with it, somebody gets slapped with the actual cross. Oh, Badge for a MILF. Yes. I once came up with this idea that if men treated all women with the reverence with which they treat MILFs, mm. the world would be a better place. If, <gasps> if they were like, I need to respect her. I'm kind of scared of her. I respect her and I want her, but I'm too scared to disrespect her. It would be a different place. Badge for slow paced. The pacing of this film, everything was very long. There are all these long shots. That's part of the art, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. Badge for weird friggin' beer cans. Those were so weird. You saw them? Yes. No pop tab. They look like soup. Yeah. Mm. Badge for, I can play a lot of these songs on guitar. Okay. Badge for... A lot of moments where he stops and thinks, which gives me time to stop and think. <laughs> he literally would stop and be like, hmm. And I'd be like, hmm. Yes. I wonder if you would have done better in the past with films when they had intermissions so you could take stock. Yeah, I can sit and gather my thoughts instead of having to sit and go like, wait, when did the term hard copy come about? I, I need to figure that out. Badge for casting decisions. I think that Elaine looked like Mrs. Robinson's daughter. Yeah, because they were the same age. <laughs> yeah. I guess so, because everyone the same age looks the same. Uh (laughs) That's genealogy. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, I wish you could see how Liana is lifting her arm up right now, like a fairy, but also someone in a painting holding a cake. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Okay, trage time. I have a trage for the camera was too close. Mm. The camera was too close. Everybody was too close to the camera. Put the camera back. (laughs) Away. Put it away. And sometimes the camera was too far. (laughs) I had two problems. I have two tragedies to give you. (laughs) 
the camera was either. It was going to be too close. Or you know what? I thought it was too far away. Tragefer cutting his thumb with a razor. This is because anytime there is a razor in a film, I'm like, oh, God, somebody's going to get cut. And never has it happened. And so I was, this is the first time ever while watching a film that I was like, you know what, Liana? Just relax. And this one, he fully cuts his thumb. And there is like, there's blood. And I was like, the one time I trusted you. So sad. It was upsetting. Um, A trage for Berkeley's campus. (laughs) Boo. (laughs) Boo, Berkeley. Boo, that rivalry that we care about. (laughs) A trage for a man bothering you on the bus. He goes and sits behind Elaine and is like, where are you going to the zoo? Guess I'm going there as well. Absolute nightmare. And finally, a trage for absolutely chaotic teeth. He's banged on the window saying, Elaine. She's like, bad. And then her parents and her legally husband the sound goes all quiet and weird, and there's just close-ups on teeth. And they're all like, you little... It's so weird! And I just don't like teeth. I don't like being close to him. Yeah. I find it upsetting. That's actually come up in a couple of these now. <laughs> yeah. My tragedies. We'll start off strong with a mm. creepy clown painting. Yes. What was that for? He was the sad clown. That's him. The symbolism? Yeah. I was, to me, felt pretty heavy-handed of like, oh... He is a sad fool. I absolutely 100% would never have read that as symbolism. I was like, I guess this family likes this art. Trage for Mr. Robinson grunt panting when he pours a drink. (laughs) After Ben has this weird encounter with Mrs. Robinson and Mr. Robinson enters. He's like, ah, I'm going to get you a drink. He's like, no. He's like, I'll get you a drink. And as he's pouring these glasses, he takes out the ice and nobody talks for a while. And Mr. Robinson just goes, <sighs> as he drops these ice cubes into the glass. Yeah. I was like, oh, trage for Dustin Hoffman's ears are so small that it was, I couldn't focus. Wow. I noticed it in the beginning and I, like, I couldn't stop looking at it. Whenever he'd turn, I'd be like, what the? Holy. It's because he's a track star. He ran so fast. That they got, <laughs> yeah. They kind of blew off a little bit or they just, they got tight like muscles. You know canyons? Yeah. Like how over time water and wind will sort of wear them down. If you run too fast, your ears go to the <laughs> They were eroded? <laughs> yeah, that's the word. <laughs> Trage for, oh, the way he kept lying down and keeping his head erect. <laughs> he, was, he would be lying flat on a bed or lying flat on a surface, except his head would be sort of at a 90 degree angle. And I'm like, that is yes. so bad for you. I remember that. And he's getting to the age, too, where you're going to start feeling that stuff. Mm-hmm. Get ready, buddy. Finally, a trage for a guy in his early 20s trying to say something meaningful to a woman in her early 20s. <laughs> Incredibly cringy. The lobes have developed at a different time. Oh. And she's like, what you're saying is stupid. That's not it. But she has to pretend like it's like meaningful. Anyway, oh. the end of my trages. That's so funny. All right, everyone. We are now going to perform a segment called How to Pretend You've Seen This Film. This is for you are at a graduation party. Congratulations. Congratulations. And Mike is coming up to you saying, oh my gosh, what a time of year, all these graduates. Everybody moving on in their lives. You know what I think does the best job at capturing lives is cinema. Specifically, my favorite movie that I just thought of, actually, incidentally, not having to do with this party, but Mm -mm. it's The Graduate. And I want to say something to you about The Graduate. I'm going to start right now. And in order to stop him from saying anything more, we're going to give you a few sentences you can say to head him off at the pass and pretend that you've seen the film The Graduate. You know, Mike, 
the pool is actually amazing symbolism because Ben floats on that freaking pool the way that he floats through his life after college. And that right there is cinematic critique and a lesson in buoyancy. Absolutely. And speaking of buoyancy, Mike, um, have you ever put tassels on your nipples and just swung them around? Because I, what would happen, right? Okay, Mike, let's talk about camera angles already. Shots from below, shots from behind, shots of shaving up close. The graduate has it all. Good night, nurse. <laughs> of course, I think that the soundtrack using only three songs, two of which already existed, was absolutely male brilliance at scoring a film and not at all sheer laziness. Here's to you, Mike. Your name is Mike. Please go away now. Jump in the pool. Now we're going to do you a huge favor of saving you time because you got to focus on your future. Oh. This is a segment we call Should You Watch This Or? In which we tell you if this movie is worth watching or if you should do anything else with your precious time. Mm-hmm. Liana, what do you think? No, no, you don't need to watch this movie. I do love to say, should you watch this or should you watch 1917? And babes, you got to watch 1917. <gasps> We got boys Mm -hmm. who are young, Young. worried about their future, Mm -hmm. not because they just graduated, but because they might die at any time and because they're in a trench. (laughs) There's also a pool of mud (laughs) filled with dead other soldiers. What would you say is the MILF of 1917? (laughs) George Mackay. Come on. There are a lot of people in 1917 who are MILFs. Um, I think Colin Firth at the beginning, when he quotes some random ass poem and he's like, down to Gehenna or up to the throne, he travels the furthest who travels alone. That's a MILF moment That's for sure. That's energy. Yeah. Sienna, what about you? I would say do not under any circumstances view this film before you are at least three years out of college. Mm. You need to have graduated already and experienced that. Yeah. But you need to be strong enough in yeah. yourself. Three years out of any sort of big life change. Sure. I do think it was kind of, it was fun. But what I would do instead Do what I did right when I graduated from college because we have computers and video games and don't have to just have affairs with people to entertain ourselves. Oh, yeah. I played Stardew Valley for like hundreds of hours. That's one thing to do so that you don't break up a family. Liana, how would you rate this film? I would rate this film two swinging titties. (laughs) I would rate this film two swinging titties out of five. I was going to rate it three because I did enjoy the first two thirds of it. And I was like, oh, it's a funny comedy. But thinking more about it over the past day, I really hate how little agency, which is to say no agency, they give Elaine. And then also reading about Dustin Hoffman and learning that about him. This is the other thing that sucks is like he's done these things and those allegations came out and we don't know it now because A, it happened about so many men in power in Hollywood in 2017 that these allegations came out and B... People still think about this movie before they think about the ways in which the men in these movies have caused harm. Mm-hmm. And that is fucked up. So, two swinging titties <laughs> out of five. <laughs> this is why we need to reclaim all these things. This is why we need to take them all down so that we, women, mm-hmm. can, in a celebratory way, talk about swinging titties. Mm-hmm. Two women swinging their tits <laughs> at the realm of cinema. Yeah, I think it's okay if we say it as long as we're doing it while we say it. <laughs> yeah. Sienna <laughs> what? Swinging their tits at the realm of cinema <laughs> We're not going to be able to make that a meme Because it's not appropriate But a meme that I want you to imagine in your heads Is 
the woman swinging her boobs, mm-hmm. that's us. Mm-hmm. And then Elaine crying. Is the AFI. Yeah. <laughs> Auditory meme for yeah. you. An aural meme. Yeah. I, similar reasons, honestly, I would give this film a solid three out of five Simons out of Garfunkel. <laughs> great great yep same thing it was fun but you know it was fun but like okay everyone that's the end of our episode on the graduate here's to you mrs robinson Robinson. jesus Jesus is a part of this this movie Thank you so much for listening. Once again, if you liked this episode or the show in general or just a swinging titty, please rate us five stars on the Apple Podcasts app. And join us next week when we will be watching The General. For a great low rate you can get online, go to The General and save some time. (laughs) Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening again. We're also on social media at Toss Popcorn. And that's it for today. Thank you. We love you. Bye. Bye. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.